Welcome to a new season of Podcast BC, a podcast for sharing the stories of the product community around Vancouver and the rest of British Columbia, Canada. My name is Blake Fisher. In season one, we covered a lot of stories around diversity, equity, and inclusion. We had a lot of great guests coming into the program, ranging on topics from mental health uh, to equality for women in the workplace uh, to a lot of introductions from leaders in the product community. Um, This season, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. So I'd like to introduce my new co-host, Piali. Piali, welcome to the show. Hey, Blake. Thank you, and thank you so much for the kind introduction. Hello, everyone. My name is Pialide. I'm super excited to be on the show this season. I am a product manager at Microsoft and also a board of director at the Product BC. So, so excited to get involved with the community and get this season going. Well, welcome to the show, Pialide. Thank you. So, Pialide, walk us through what we're going to be doing this season and uh, in today's episode, the first episode of the season. Right. So, this season, our theme is breaking into product and design. So, over the next few episodes, we will be focusing on How does anyone get started into this career path? We all have different backgrounds that we have studied in school. And now if we want to do product, how do we get here? So we'll be bringing in so many guests who have an interesting backgrounds and very exciting journey that we will share with all of you. Awesome. It's a great topic. And it's one we got asked a lot after season one and in the product BC community in general. Yeah. Um, Piali, I'd like to ask you, what was your background in product? How did you get started? So my background is probably the most typical product background that one can have. Um, I studied computer science in school, so I started out as a software engineer, but then I got very interested in knowing about, you know, a product end-to-end, knowing more about customers, more about business, and that got me into product. So I do not have a, you know, like a typical school um, background when it comes to product, but I learned it on the job. And so very excited to share what we have learned uh, together in our journey with all of you. Awesome. Blake, what about you? Yeah, mine is like one of the unconventional journeys. Um, I actually started in university in journalism, uh, really loved listening to people's stories, writing about people's stories, doing a mix of photography and interview skills. And in the early part of my career, I fell into printing and publishing for quite a while until I finally found myself in a publishing uh, software startup. Uh, And it was there that I went, wow, this is this is really cool, like to build software that solves problems uh, specific to an area of interest that I had. So I was hooked at that point, Uh, spent the better part of 10 years jumping from startups to software agency, uh, honing in on my product and project management skills until I found myself moving into fintech and uh, more recently HR roles. So I'd like to call out that, you know, both the mix of the conventional and the unconventional journeys is pretty common across the product community. I think every product manager I've talked to has come from a mix of backgrounds. One's similar to yourself with more of a technical background. One's maybe unconventional like myself with a mix of business skills and marketing skills and other things, as well as those with uh, design backgrounds. So uh, it's, it's always an interesting story time to hear about how people arrived into it. Yeah, so true. Like when we talk about product, we sometimes assume that we only talk about product management roles, but we sometimes forget that there are product designers, engineers, and so many other roles that can be attached to a product position. 
So that brings us to our uh, exciting segment, Blake. You you wanna do the intro of our special guest today? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'd like to introduce Leah Maestri, a product designer at Microsoft. <laughs> Leah, if you want to talk about your background and coming into product design at Microsoft. Hi, thanks, Blake and Piali, for having me. My break into product design seems to be rather conventional, started unconventional, but it was a natural evolution of the design practice. And so whereas I started in university, I originally thought I was going to be a 3D graphics animator because that's what the tech school was providing in terms of courses. And I love to draw. I took a second year course about design. And that was when I first was introduced to the concept of design. And so then my, my professor, who I give all the credit to for my career path and how, where I've gotten to, he really sold me on this, not just a career, but it's a way of being and a way of uh, living in the world. And so I just started from there, second year. And I kind of had to find my way through a bunch of roles. I was a researcher for a little while. After my, my bachelor's degree, I went into communications with the wind energy company. I then became a yoga instructor. And then I found my way back to doing a master's degree at Simon Fraser University. And I loved my time during my master's degree. I learned a lot about ethnography and user research there. And then I had all the intentions of being an academic. And it was my husband who said, you should probably, you know, get some work experience as a designer and not just, you know, theorize about it. And it was the best advice. So rather than go the route of a PhD, I ventured out and started working in the industry. First at EA, doing usability testing for their sport franchises, and then on to uh, different other companies. And so here I am as at Microsoft as a product designer. Such an interesting journey. And I really think that, you know, all of us have this in common that we have shopped around a lot before landing to like what we really want to do and find out what really intrigues us about product, right? That's true. I spent a lot of my time as a user experience designer an interaction designer. These were the roles at the time that were being offered by employers. But what I'm observing anyway that's happening in the industry is this evolution of a product designer. And that's someone who kind of encompasses all the user experience and interaction and visual design, but they also have a product acumen. And I think the opportunity I was given was at my last company where they wanted to start an innovation team and it was based on these design innovation frameworks like um, like design sprints. And there was a pivotal book I read called uh, The Mom Test, where you're creating hypotheses and you're experimenting, finding market opportunities. And it was there that I started to, I guess, test my product skill set. And it was, I think, that that kind of led me to Microsoft as a product designer. So I think there's just now this new role. It's product design, which is really cool. Well, what, um, you know, going back academic route, jumping into a few different roles, coming back into product design and, and user experience work in general, like what was really difficult for you in that early experience as you kind of pivoted back and forth until you found your place? You know, <laughs> I think this is what a lot of people who come out of school might struggle with is, at least for me, 
I thought I knew everything. And especially when you come out of a master's degree, I thought, you know, I was pretty tapped in. But I would say the role of design in an organization, what you lack in school is that ability to work with other disciplines. Like, what does it mean to work with a developer team in an agile context? What about product owners? I've never, I never once worked in a team like that. So those processes were very much ones I had to learn on the job. And I never felt so <laughs> my element. And it was the, the, like the common thing everyone says, which is the 10,000 hour slog. It is really hard when you come out of school and thinking you do know everything only to realize that you know nothing. And I would say the first four years were really difficult that way. But you get a, you get a more a few at bats and you have a few wins, a lot of failure lots of failure. And you learn not only about the craft, but you also learn a lot about yourself. And so that was, yeah, it's certainly been a journey. Yeah, I absolutely love the line that we learn about ourselves through this journey. Like I remember when I started out my first product job, um, I never had to work with, you know, like with customers before being on an engineering role. So that was my struggle. I just couldn't figure out how to talk to customers, how to run you know, successful discovery sessions and figure out the requirements. And it took time to you know, learn from that job. But, but yeah, now when I look back, I feel like I definitely grew from the struggle and everything. There was a lot to learn as well. Yeah, I'd like to add too that, uh, you know, I think every role that you fall into isn't the same, that you find that maybe you learn a certain way to go about things and you find out that this company may do it a certain way, but you quickly have to pivot into a whole new way of learning that may be completely counter to the skills you've developed prior. So that learn and rinse and repeat and fail and learn how to be more organic and fluid to the way others work and just focus on those problems is always a really great learning um, approach. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I mean, I came from a startup. And then I, I landed in Microsoft. So the, the size and the enormity of Microsoft as a universe is, has been like an adjustment for me, for sure. And just learning Microsoft uh, has its uh, challenges, but it's also just riddled with opportunity. So I, I, yeah, I just couldn't agree more with you, Blake. So true. I think what I'm curious to know next, uh, Leah, that if, if we can ask you, like, what is that one question or that one theme that always helped you to, you know, move forward or kind of gave you some clarity um, in your thoughts, what that would be? Great question. So as, the, as all personal journeys go, there certainly was that opportunity to use my career as a weight of self-discovery to learn who I was and that is to say also who I wasn't. So as you hold expectations for yourself and what success means, it's a very self-focused way of being. And I think my initial career was like that. And it ended up with me being quite miserable. <laughs> so when my son was born, that was the paradigm shift for me because suddenly it wasn't about me anymore. It was about him and it was about what could I do for him. And so when I went back after Matt leave, the question I started asking myself, and I, I do, I do give kudos to my son, even though he probably doesn't know it, is the question I keep asking is, how can I help rather than 
the opposite, which is what can they do for me? And that would, those are two very different, they can have the same outcome, but your position is different and your way, the way you feel is different. So when you start deflecting what things you can get out of your career or your life or whatever it might be, and then start focusing more outward on helping your colleagues, even if it's outside your role, I've found doors have opened up exponentially for me and the relationships I have with my colleagues is even more meaningful, I would say even joyful. Even in the days that are super hard, there is always something to be grateful for. There's always something I've learned, even though I might have failed or made a fool of myself, but it's, it's just the path of gratitude and it's very rewarding. And it's just that simple question, how can I help? I love that we always forget in the sea of methodologies and processes that it's really about the people that you're working around all the time and to stay as, uh, like you mentioned, grateful for the people you work with. On that, I'd like to ask, you know, one of the frameworks and the things everybody learns on when they get into software development is about, you know, cross-functionality and collaboration. And it's always this really cold term that we know we need to do it, but it's always uh, full of, you know, drama and politics often in organizations, but there's good experiences as well in terms of like building that connection to teams and helping people as well and looking for that. So I'm curious, like, what was your experience in terms of working with a variety of different teams, working with other roles, engineers, uh, other product managers and things like that? How has that journey been for you across your career? Yeah, I realized really quick with design, we were always a team that nobody knew what to do with. And so you wound up becoming a second-class citizen. And most of my career has been spent trying to fight for my job and its value. And the easiest way I was able to figure out how to make people understand the value of design for product is to lend a hand. And that's where the question, how can I help, becomes so pivotal, right? Because it isn't necessarily about design and my role. It's me as human helping another human. And as in trying to ground that in an example, one of the pivotal articles I read about was by Julie Zhao about how to work with product managers. And one of the things that she said was, there's this awesome partnership between design and product management in which product managers are the hub of communication amongst developers, design, and the outlying team and customers, they're your comrade. They're the person, if you can't talk to customers, they must know the most about them. So you are probably, um, you would benefit a lot from nurturing a relationship with them and being partners with them. And I love that idea of partnership. It wasn't about me versus them. It was how could we marry our respective skill sets and arrive at, you know, the desired outcome, like our shared goal. And it was then that I first started to foray, like we product owners and, and designers have to work together. And if at all possible, alongside your developers with the triad. So just trying to get that process more effective and efficient has always been part of my <laughs> ongoing it's a challenge, but it's an, also an opportunity. One of the other things I would say also as I started to learn about that process through my 10 years of doing this, and I owe Ben Horowitz and his seminal book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, is that it's also about your org and you all are a football team and you all need to be communicating. Like channels of communication must be had in order for you to be effective. So I started to reach out to the customer experience team 
because they had customer experience journey. And I need to know about the journey too, so that I can design for it and help. So I, I started to outreach to a lot of these teams and it might seem daunting at first because it's a vulnerable thing to say, hey, I would love to know a little bit more about what you do because I think I could be helpful. I don't know a lot about what you do. I wish you could tell me. And then how could I be more of service to that? And so I think, again, I <laughs> question, how can I help? How can I be, you know, of service? And it's always wound up being for the better. I think it's contagious too, because people love positivity and they love that camaraderie because it makes your work that much more meaningful, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think to be very honest that when you are transparent and very open uh, to ask this question, like, how can I help? I think that also empowers somebody else to ask that question themselves, right? They also feel empowered that, okay, so asking for help is not that bad. Oh, yeah. I can, I can do it too. I think there's like, uh, at least in the few teams I've worked with, there's always this sense of competition. And when you come at conversations with colleagues who might have their dukes up because they feel design is trying to take over what products is doing and engineers might also feel the same way. When you come at it with the, I have no agenda, I just want to be helpful. They put their dukes down. And then now you have clear communication, clear motivations, and an, you know no assumptions. You've limited the animosity and now have nothing but open conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I find that whether it's design or product or development, that everybody gets this framework of building empathy with your customer or the end user. Um, but we really don't have many frameworks on building empathy with your your fellow colleagues. And, uh, you know, being humble is one that I always try to resolve back to. Being helpful, as you've pointed out, is another uh, great uh, piece of advice to go through that. But I love the curiosity of trying to learn what everybody does as well. It's something that you build these teams and everybody falls into and thinks they know what they're supposed to do. But we don't necessarily have that curiosity when we really explore, like, what are you good at? Uh, what do you love to do as well? Asking those sort of questions. So. Thanks for that. Just to add to those thoughts is I know there's this huge push for customer centricity. Everybody must be customer driven. Everybody needs to know more about the customer. And I, while that's so true, I do a lot of emphasis as well on your colleagues, like the people you work with, because unless you're all aligned, your ability to be effective for your customers is limited. And so it's worth as a designer knowing what product owners do and your developers. And you, by virtue of you having to work so closely together, you do learn. But I really encourage anybody out there to actually know more about sales and marketing and your customer engagement teams and whoever else are kind of on the front line with your customers because there's so much as a designer that you can do for them as well. And they can learn from you. There's just so much to learn from each other. And, and to be vulnerable and say, hey, I, I have a sense of what you do, but would love to know more so that, you know, we can create some channels of communication and maybe help each other. I think that's a great segue of our next question. Like you already kind of touched on that. So do you have any advice, maybe like a couple of advice for anyone who is starting out as a designer, but wants to get a job in a, in a product role for maybe like a software company? Do you have any like tactics or tips that you want to share? 
I do. And I think when I think back on anybody who's reached out to me on LinkedIn or through someone who knew somebody who wants to get into the practice, my biggest advice was to intern. Not just that, but find any opportunity to just work in a company, be a known commodity. And by being a known commodity, now you are able to have those conversations with future employers to say, this is what I did. This is how I was effective. And here's how you might be able to use me. Because one of the biggest things that I used to, I used to manage a design team. And one of the things I just look for is experience. Because the last thing I need is to be handholding as a manager, someone through what I think needs to be just known. So my advice has always been, (laughs) please just get experience, even if you have to work for free, even if you have to, you know, be paid less than minimum, like it it is the experience that's the gold. And then eventually, once you have that, everything goes from there. And then also just be helpful, be proactive and be helpful. Awesome tips. Uh, Well, thanks very much, Leah, for joining us today, uh, for engaging with us and giving some like deeper insights, maybe things that most people don't hear in terms of the day to day that they need to think about in terms of these jobs and how to, you know, find joy in what we do as well, as you mentioned. So uh, thanks for that. And I wanted to leave you any um, parting thoughts. Is there anything you'd like to share with the community? Uh, Any information if anybody wants to reach out to you or anything like that? Any last thoughts? I would just say be as you know, curious and open-minded as possible about the opportunities that are out there. This industry, when I say industry, the industry of tech is growing exponentially. And within that are infinite amount of jobs out there and experiences to be had. Be positive and keep trying because eventually you will land on your feet. So I think that's it. And then also I would just offer for anybody who has any other questions, please feel free to get a hold of me if I think my contact details could be made available, but yeah, I would love to be of more help. Appreciate it. Thanks everyone for joining us today on our first episode of Broadcast PC season two. This season, our theme is breaking into product. And if you'd like to stay updated on our future episodes like this, please subscribe. A big thank you to our guest, Leah Maestri, for joining me and Blake and sharing her journey to become a product designer. She left us with a lot of good tips and insights on how to leverage one's design background and become a successful product designer. One thing that resonated me so well today is always try to gain practical experience and ask, how can I help? Hope to see you all in our next episode. Well, thanks, uh, Leah, and thanks, uh, Pielli, and uh, this is Podcast BC. Podcast BC was made in collaboration with volunteers behind Product BC. A special thank you to Camille Paterno for helping with our podcast audio production. Please go to productbc.ca if you're interested in details on how to become a member and join the community. Product BC has an active community Slack server for networking yearly mentorship program, and a stream of exciting events and speakers. If you'd like to leave us any feedback, please feel free to connect on LinkedIn or through our Slack community. Thanks again for listening.